Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Two, Ernie got a blunt. And John Hattrick, Kittle's first three-touchdown game of his NFL career. Now, back to Overtime with Sterling Bennett, Alan Stiles, and Mark Grandy on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. Overtime continues here on 95.7 The Game. Mark Grandy and Sterling Bennett with you. We've got an hour of overtime left here on 95.7 The Game. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to be part of the program, give us a call, 888-957-9570. I'm particularly interested uh, in... Callers that were at Levi Stadium here tonight. What was the atmosphere like? You're on, you're at a Sunday night football game against bitter rivals, the Niners and the Cowboys, and the Niners absolutely dominate. They wipe the floor with the Cowboys, 42 to 10 is the final score. Niners led 14 to nothing. They led 21 to seven, and they ultimately close out this game, 42 to 10. They put up the most points they have scored all season long. They put up more points in this one game Sterling that the Cowboys had allowed through the first four weeks of the 2023 season the Cowboys offense had been playing relatively well although I know you like to say not just the offense the defense and special teams scoring some points for them Um, but the Cowboys coming into this game averaging 31 points no not the Cowboys offense the Cowboys as a team averaging 31 points and they had only commit one turnover through four games they score 10 points tonight and they commit four turnovers the Niners put together their best game offensively and defensively in this game tonight you just heard the George Kittle third touchdown uh, Mike Tirico on NBC on Sunday Night Football First three-touchdown game in George Kittle's career. Niners quarterback Brock Purdy and tight end George Kittle have now connected on 10 touchdowns since Brock Purdy took over as starter in Week 14 of last year. That's the most by any QB pass catcher duo in that span. Number two, by the way, Patrick Mahomes and Jarek McKinnon. Hard to believe that that's the number two connection. But since Purdy became a starter in this league... Brock Purdy and George Kittle have connected in the end zone more times than any other duo in the NFL three times today. Purdy to Kittle for six. The Niners have the best quarterback pass-catching duo in football right now? Touchdown, Cat. No, 
I mean, Kittle had three catches today. Well, what's the point of the game? Scoring points. And what do they do? Score points. Exactly, Mark. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he hadn't... <laughs> had he scored a touchdown entering uh, this year, entering the game? He had seven catches for 90 yards against the Giants and didn't get a touchdown. I don't think he had a touchdown before so. this, right? I don't think so. So the fact that they hold that right now is the <laughs> they've hooked up more times than any other duo in the NFL despite not scoring a touchdown through three weeks. It's impressive. That means they did obviously a ton tonight, three right. touchdowns, but also I think we forget how dominant the Kittle, the Purdy Kittle connection was at the end of last year. The the Thursday night game in Seattle, I think he had two touchdowns in that game, and that was a hard-fought game. Kittle led the way offensively in that one. They have, I mean, you're really saying this about everyone now. He and Ayuk have insane chemistry. They didn't. They did not uh, get a touchdown. Ayuk did not today through the air. But all of those passes deep down the field, Purdy generally is targeting Ayuk on passes twenty. 25, 30 yards down the field. They have an insane connection, and tonight you saw that with George Kittle in the red zone. Well, it's not even just Purdy. Like Kittle had a great game, but like Jordan Mason coming up clutch, seven carries, 59 yards, averaging at the time I looked at my stats, 8.4 yards a carry. Jordan Mason? Yeah. Yeah, he, he wrapped up with 10 for 69, so 6.9 yards per carry. He had the 26-yard touchdown run. He was good. And, I mean, you and I were talking while watching the game yeah. out in the studio. I mean, Elijah Mitchell out again for a second straight game. I said trade for running back, but. Oh, that's not what I was going to bring up. Yeah. Just to bring you behind the curtain, Sterling said the Niners should give the Patriots a call and acquire yeah. Ramondre Stevenson. But now tonight. Why the hell do the Niners need Ramondre Stevenson? Well, that was before Jordan Mason said, you know what, Sterling? Don't worry. I should be the running back number two going forward. That's what I was going to bring well, up. Well, see, Mark, it's all—it's about the long view of things. <laughs> you have to work your way towards the climax. Lord of the Rings had a trilogy for a reason, Mark. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we had Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, Turn of the King, and we finally reached our goal, right? Jordan Mason should be this team's number two <laughs> <Nerd>. running back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Craig. Yes. Am I Frodo or Schmeagle in this conversation? Okay, too far. All right. <laughs> I'm not Schmeagle. That's all I know. <laughs> Okay, but Jordan Mason <laughs> should be this team's number two running back. Elijah Mitchell, you, you've been fine, but you're hurt far too often to rely on. Again, Jordan, Jordan Mason in this game, 6.9, seven yards a pop, and it wasn't like he was just getting garbage time attempts. That was Ty Davis Price's job tonight. Jordan Mason, it feels like even dating back to last year, because they called him the quote-unquote the closer, he was getting meaningful snaps last year. He needs to be this team's number two running back. There's power behind his runs. He knocked over Jake Brendel and put him on his butt and kept rolling <laughs> through did. today. Like Jordan did. Mason, like if Christian McCaffrey is the lightning, Jordan Mason can be this team's thunder. Uh, Jordan Mason has the second most rushing yards on the team right now. And I, I shared this with you uh, during the game as well. I, I was on a show on Labor Day just before week one. It was the Monday before week one. We were on Nick Bosa watch that day. I remember it. And it was it was Evan Giddings and myself oh, I worked on, on Labor Day. I was there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you were there. Dude, I was there. And we were going through like a hot take portion of the show. And yeah. this, I don't know if this really qualifies as a hot take. Maybe at the moment you could consider because Elijah it's Mitchell nice clear, clearly the number two yeah. running back. 
And you have also the added wrinkle of Debo Samuel, who got a handful of carries today. But I said, I think that Jordan Mason is going to be second on this team in rushing yards behind, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. Through five weeks, he's been that. Now, part of it has been because of Elijah Mitchell's injury, but that's what I was baking in when making that prediction. And I think we're getting to a point, Sterling, where even if Elijah Mitchell comes back, it's not a guarantee that he's getting all of the second string reps at this point. Jordan Mason will be active on every single game moving forward, assuming he's healthy, because he is able, and this is where Ty Davis-Price kind of gets the short end of the stick because they trust Jordan Mason more on special teams. So he will be active for every single game that he's physically able to play in. I'm sticking by it. I think Jordan Mason will be second on this team in rushing yards at the end of the season. It's partly because of Elijah Mitchell's injury history, but it's also because Jordan Mason, frankly, he's just earned it. He was phenomenal today. Going back to last year, Thursday night in Seattle, who closed that game out? Oh, Jordan Mason. Biggest game of the year, division on the line. Who did Kyle Shanahan trust to make sure that game was iced and we're sitting there in the all-1994 throwbacks, they're all light, and Purdy's out there yelling, come on, on the field, because Jordan Mason's out there getting five yards of pop and getting your first downs, icing the game. I like Elijah Mitchell. I've been saying it since last year coming into this year, being at training camp and OTAs every single day. I would not have been surprised if Jordan Mason won this job outright. Elijah Mitchell, again, He's a good running back when healthy. He was clutch in 2021, being this team's starting running back down the stretch. But the minute he averaged one yard a carry in the NFC Championship game, I said, okay, this is not going to work. Last year wasn't great. He was fine. In fact, against this Dallas Cowboys team last year come playoff time, go out of bounds, Elijah. Stayed inbound, went out of bounds, hit the clock. Mitchell. (laughs) I like you. Jordan Mason needs to be this team's number two running back next year. Yeah, we'll see. It's obviously just a small part of this game here tonight. Niners dominate 42-10. to Jordan Mason had kind of that, that final nail in the coffin. A 26-yard touchdown run came immediately after the Niners picked off Dak Prescott yet again early in the fourth quarter. It put the Niners up 42-10. to The score would stay that way the rest of the game. 10 for 69. He led this team in rushing yards tonight. McCaffrey 19 for 51. Uh, only 2.7 a pop for McCaffrey, but he got into the end zone. He also caught a couple of passes for 27 yards. But Purdy and George Kittle, the Stars... Purdy 17 for 24, 252 and four touchdowns. Three of those touchdowns going to George Kittle. Here is Kyle Shanahan post game talking about Purdy's performance and where he ranks this performance in Purdy's growing list of good performances. He was really good. Uh, everybody was pretty good, but thought he missed one throw throughout the day. Um, from what it seems like, just a little behind BA in the first quarter on one, and everything else seemed pretty flawless. He did a great job. There's a real good pass rush, some tight coverages. Guys gave him some time, and also the guys made a lot of plays too. Yeah, I mean, there was the one, I think I referenced it as a throw to Debo, but it was to Ayuk. Threw it a little bit behind Ayuk, right over the middle part of the field in the first half. But other than that, I mean, he had the two batted down to the line of scrimmage. Aside from that, Sterling, it was picture-perfect throw after picture-perfect throw. He was on the money time and time and time again, and not just in the flats, not just on quick slants to Ayuk, to Debo, to Kittle. Down the field, again, 7 for 10 on passes that traveled 10-plus yards down the field. The best game of his career for me, bar none. What did Shanahan call it? Flawless, outside of one throw. 
He's out there Mortal Kombating dudes. Like, come on. <laughs> He's flawless victory in the Dallas Cowboys. Finish him. Honestly, fatality. Like, come on. <laughs> like, Brett Purdy's out there putting him. I, I don't want to say video game numbers. But what he's Sterling, doing... he didn't throw for 300 yards. Oh my, How can you Mark, call it video game numbers? Brock Purdy. I'm joking. I'm joking. You're going to get me started again, Mark. Brock Purdy, what he's doing, the execution. Someone called him a doctor because he's so surgical. The way he processes his prep. Again, Brock Purdy's not putting up video game numbers. But I'll tell you this. Four touchdowns against the number one defense in football. It's kind of video game-like from Brock Purdy. In fact... This may be Brock Purdy's best game of his entire career. And it's not like you see signs of slowing down. It's not like, oh, wait till he peaks. Or, or, or you know, now the conversation can't be wait till he plays a real defense. And the conversation now can't turn into, oh, the Dallas Cowboys defense wasn't that good. Yes, it was. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys were allowing the least amount of points per game at 10.25. And Brock Purdy dropped 42. Come on. Like, enough with the... The talk of, oh, Brock Purdy's not good enough, or wait till this, wait till that. Enough is enough. Give the kid kudos. He's 23, leading the best offense in football. And come on. There is no more, I want this quarterback or that quarterback. It's Brock Purdy, it's Mahomes, and maybe a couple other guys. He's in that conversation with the elites right now. Yeah, he is. You can't deny it. Through five five games of the 2023 season, and uh, Kyle Shanahan had a sense early on that his quarterback had it. I mean, we talked about the stats. First drives of both halves. It was evident early the Niners were rolling offensively. Kyle Shanahan saw that from Brock Purdy as well. Yeah, I, I felt that way with him all day. So there wasn't a, a time that I didn't feel he was like that. You just got to be careful when you feel that way from beginning to end that you don't just start calling too many passes. That's usually the challenge of a play caller because you do too many and eventually you're going to give them a chance to make a big play. But we felt if we can mix in enough that he was pretty on and we could handle their protections just by him getting rid of it. And he was he was fun to coach today. You think before Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan has ever had to worry about not calling enough or not calling too many passes? You think he's ever had that worry before, Sterling? Ever? Outside of Matt Ryan, circa 2016 MVP? As Niners head coach, has he had that worry? Like, he's got to check himself. Ugh, we've thrown it five straight times. I think I should call a handoff to the most dynamic running back in the game, guys. Like, that's how good Brock Purdy's been. He's convincing his head coach to go away from his star running back. Could I argue that maybe Kyle Shanahan... With Brock Purdy, like, is Brock Purdy Kyle Shanahan's most trusted offensive piece? I know he has Debo and McCaffrey's great and kind of guaranteed to have five yards a pop at this point, but he's never afraid to give the ball to Brock Purdy in any moment. First down, second down, third and two. He's going to give Brock Purdy the ball every single play. And I get it, he's a quarterback, but he's not afraid to let him throw the ball in any situation. That's a good question. I'm not sure if I'd say he's more trusted than, say, McCaffrey or giving it to Debo, 100% though, he's the most trusted quarterback Shanahan's ever had. Here. 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 Well, go further. Could Brock Purdy, if if we're going to assume the fact that Brock Purdy has played this well and Shanahan trusts him this much, if the last quarterback he's had like that was MVP Matt Ryan (laughs) in that offense... Why couldn't Brock Purdy, I'm not saying put up the exact same stats, but have a very similar outcome, albeit maybe actually winning the whole thing? 
Yeah, they fell a little bit short there. Just a little bit. It's Dan Quinn's fault. No one cares. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we're at a point, and I'm interested in, in, in what you and the callers think about this, 888-957-9570. Are we seeing, perhaps, the evolution of Kyle Shanahan a little bit? Because he now has a quarterback that it seems like he trusts fully. It, it seemed like the 49ers, I don't think a vanilla playbook or a vanilla play calling is necessarily the right way to put it, but more conservative with past quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance included, although it was a very small sample size, but definitely more conservative there. Part of that is because he's a rookie. Like That's just the way things went. Jimmy Garoppolo, generally you were a little more conservative with. Anyone before that doesn't even scratch the surface. I mean, Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard and Brian Hoyer, like those guys don't matter. Are we seeing Kyle Shanahan evolve as a play caller offensively because he now has a quarterback that he fully trusts? He's calling more passes. He's being more aggressive on first downs. He's calling these trick plays. He's allowing his quarterback to air the ball out deep down the field. Now you have the weapons around him to support that sort of offense. But I think we're seeing Kyle Shanahan change and evolve and prove to us, show to us, when I get the right guy under center, behind center in the shotgun which they're using very often with Brock Purdy, I can be more aggressive. I can change the way I game plan around an opponent. I think we're seeing that now with Shanahan and Brock Purdy. I think it's more of Brock Purdy executes Shanahan's system to a higher degree than any other quarterback we've seen here, at least in San Francisco. And because of that, it tends me to give... Kyle Shanahan's offense, not just the players, but the scheme itself, how he's drawing up plays, give him more credit. Kyle Shanahan gets so much flack for what he's not accomplished here or some of the dumb play calls he's had. But it feels like now, like I want to almost praise Kyle Shanahan more and say, you're dialing up everything and it's working almost every single play. So do you think that... Okay, the way that you would just explain that to me, do you think that... Everything that Brock Purdy is getting, every throw, every lane, every deep ball, every opportunity was available for Jimmy Garoppolo? I think a lot of it was. I think And just simply Jimmy Garoppolo either didn't see it, didn't want to throw it, didn't trust it, threw it incomplete? I think, well, that's why he's not here anymore. Yes. Right? Like, there are things Brock Purdy is at least willing to do, but I also think because Brock Purdy preps, whenever you hear broadcaster talk about him, it's how well he preps. He knows where running backs and receivers and tight ends are going to be. It feels like as if Brock Purdy can almost see the game, if not the exact same way, pretty close to how Shanahan is dialing up things. And because of that, he is able to fire and hit Ayuk for 25 yards uh, on a post or whatnot. It feels like that these plays, maybe not all of them, but there were receivers open many times Jimmy G just didn't throw to that Hmm. were streaking downfield or open towards the sideline for 25 plus yards for whatever reason why he wasn't taking those chances and Brock Purdy's like what do I have to lose if it's not there I'll check it down to the best weapon in football and it feels like Shanahan and him are they're gelling so well it feels like as if they're working in tandem where it hasn't felt that way with most quarterbacks here 
since Shanahan became the head coach. Interesting. Uh, let's go back to the phones here on overtime on 95.7 The Game, 888-957-9570. Grandy and Sterling with you here on overtime after a dominant Niners win, 42-10. to Up next is Josh in Berkeley. Josh, you're on overtime with Grandy and Sterling. What's up? What's up, Randy and Sterling? What a night tonight, man. Sunday night football, the atmosphere was unreal. I just got to say, man, these weapons are unbelievable. I don't think I've seen Shanahan and this Steiner offense click. But how do you stop them? Like, you pick one, Kittle's going to burn you for three touchdowns tonight. Like, what, where does it stop? That's a good question, Josh. Like a Hydra. I think that's what defenses around the league are trying to figure out right now. How do you try to slow this this team down? Well, you can't blitz Purdy. You can't not not blitz Purdy. Yeah, we saw the, the Giants blitzed him endlessly, and... He, he killed them in the second half. The Cowboys played man coverage all game, and he put up four touchdowns against them. The, the Rams played zone coverage, and he put up 30 points against them. I don't know. I, I don't know what the strategy is. I don't – well, I'm sure down the road some game, some teams sometimes will play flat, you know, just they'll play down, whether it's a, a short week or kind of a low week for them. But it does feel like that right now, at least through five games – there's no lull in sight. There is no end in sight for how well they're playing. And what's weird enough is that if they don't score 30, that's a letdown. 29 points. Oh, why couldn't it be 30? Oh, come on. It's like the fact that they, the Niners, are averaging over 30 points a game, probably, what, 35 now around there, 34 now. If they don't do that, it's like, oh, man. Come yeah, on. Well, 30, 30, 30, 35, and now 42. Yeah. Matt. No, I was going to say, uh, when you said how do you beat them, I was thinking of some of the great offenses that you know, we've seen, the Patriots team that went almost undefeated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking about when I covered this at the 26 Falcons, the 2016 Falcons. Mm-hmm. The problem you run into with those teams is you have to be able to get pressure with four. That's Because you can't yeah. drop. You can't, you can't let sit back and let them go out because they'll pick you apart. You can't blitz because they'll pick you apart. So you got to have four guys that kind of how the Giants beat the Patriots that year that can get, get pressure up front. And then when you get the ball, you have to keep the ball. You have to have eight, nine minutes of offense running the ball, moving the chains, because we've seen it. You go three and out and give them the ball right back, you're down 14 nothing. Yeah. So I think at the end of the day, you, the, I see the Eagles probably have the closest blueprint because they can run the ball, they can run long possessions, and they can get pressure with four. But even that, you got to play the perfect game to beat this team. Well, that's the thing is in previous years, the Niners team hasn't always played perfect games, and with the quarterbacks they previously had, the defense had to play perfect. The weapons around him had to be perfect. And now it feels like that this team can fumble at the goal line and still score 42 points. It's not as if games are one possession away. They're two, three, four away. And it feels like that whenever San Francisco's offense gets rolling, there's no stopping them. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's, it's got to be frightening for teams around the league because, I mean, what Craig is talking about, you have to try to get pressure with only four rushing. Which is almost impossible in this day and age. Which is difficult to do, and especially, and even if you are, the Niners can adjust and say, all right, we're going to throw it quickly to Depot. Yeah. Like, but... I don't know. I don't know how you do it. The Can Niners we, have not only the best skill positions, they have the best best running back in the NFL. Yeah. Debo Samuel is one of the most versatile weapons in the league. Brandon Ayuk is climbing up the wide receivers' rankings. George Kittle, while he's not targeted as often as some of the other elite pass-catching tight ends, is clearly one of the best tight ends in the NFL. And slowly but surely, Brock Purdy is becoming, to your point, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. There's no weakness there. The Niners, like Philadelphia, have something that you can't guard. The Eagles have the tush push. San Francisco <laughs> has could, an entire offense. It's the brotherly guard. show. No, it's Sterling. not. They're, t- they're pushing tushies out there, all right? <laughs> I hate that play. I hate watching Jalen Hurts glide and hover over the offensive line for first downs, but... I haven't Jalen Hurts on my fantasy team. I love it. Well, give me the easy touchdown. He got he got one of those today. Should have picked Brock Purdy. Just saying. <laughs> but, but it does feel like that this team, Philadelphia has one unstoppable play. This team has one complete unstoppable offense. There's nothing a defensive mind or coordinator has put together so far that has held this team. Philadelphia's pass rush is not as it was last year. It is feeling increasingly more like if you're going to beat the Niners, it's going to be in a shootout. Yeah, whereas and it's going to be 35-36 or 35-38, not 10-7 like or 20-17. Which is wild to say, but it, it feels like you're at a point, even after the defensive performance today, and we got to hit a break here in just a minute, and we'll be back in a little bit to take, take more of your calls, 888-957-9570. But even after the defensive performance today, Sterling, it feels like we're at a point where there's a little bit more belief that the offense is going to be great, elite, put up a bunch of points, than the defense is going to absolutely dominate a game. That's not a knock on the defense. They're still fantastic, and they've been good this year, but it's just that the offense, 30 points, 30 points, 30 points, 35 points, 42 points. And the defense this year has only allowed 21 second-half points. Good luck, getting into a shootout with this team. So get them early or you might not get them at all, essentially. There you go. All right, time for a break here on Overtime. We've got 30 more minutes left with you here on 95.7 The Game. Give us a call, 888-957-9570. It's Grandy and Sterling on Overtime after the Niners' 42-10 win over the rival Dallas Cowboys. More Overtime next. We'll hear from Kyle Shanahan, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa. They've all talked. Coming up next on 95.7 The Game. There it goes again. Side deflected and Warner comes up with the deflected interception. The Amador Lenore had the coverage. Warner's got the pick at the 26 yard line. The third turnover 
of the Cowboys. And back-to-back -back drives with a pick. I can't believe that play by one. <laughs> now, back to overtime with Sterling Bennett, Alan Stiles, and Mark Grandy on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. Overtime continues here on 95.7 The Game. That highlight you just heard, Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth on NBC. Fred Warner, an interception. One of three times the Niners picked off Dak Prescott today. They forced four turnovers in total. Fred Warner had an interception. He had a forced fumble of Tony Pollard, recovered by Kevin Givens. Warner also had a sack. The Niners had four sacks as a team. They were all over the Dallas Cowboys tonight. Final score, 42-10. to And we've got one final segment of overtime left here on this Sunday evening on 95.7 The Game. It's Grandy and Sterling with you. 42-10, to the final score. Brock Purdy was incredible. George Kittle had three touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey uh, had his quietest game of the season. A fumble. He had a fumble on the goal line. Could have easily been 49 points, Sterling, if not more. Uh, but the Niners, with Christian McCaffrey's quietest game, put up their most points of the season, 42 points. The Niners' offense has now scored 30 points, 30 points, 30 points, 35 points, and now 42 points. They are getting better and better and better, and they did it against one of the better defenses in the league, entering this game who had only given up 10.25 points per game. They had allowed 41 points in total through four weeks. They give up 42 points tonight. The Niners absolutely dominant against the Dallas Cowboys at home, and they're 5-0. and For as great as the win is, for as great as Brock Purdy has been and how good the offense has been as a whole and the defense has been, does San Francisco have the best punter and kicker in NFL right now? <laughs> I saw that text as 5 well. 5-1-0, coming in clutch. Legatron. We had to get Mitch Wisnowski a nickname. He was good today. How many punts did he have? Like only two? Oh, I have a stat here. Don't forget. Uh-oh. Mitch Wisnowski has had punts down at Dallas's five-yard line and the one-yard line tonight. That's called clutch. Niners punted four times. So two of them inside Dallas's five-yard line. One of them, I believe, ended up being a fumble by Tony Pollard later or led to that fumble. And then Jake Moody, 20 for 20 on extra points and 9 for 9 on field goals. First game without a field goal. It's tonight, right? We, we for Jake Moody? I don't, yeah, I think so. We didn't need it, though. We did not need it. 42 points. That's the yeah. other area through, would be nice. <laughs> through four weeks. <laughs> um, it was something that I had at least noticed, and this was kind of a carryover from last year. Niners offense... Had a tendency to kind of stall in the red zone at times. Yeah, it had been the case this year. I mean, Jake Moody, nine field goals, nine for nine, nine, nine through four weeks, eight field goal attempts. I mean, oh, eight, nine field goal attempts, almost two per game uh, through four games. And a lot of times those were coming on the backs of red zone possessions that just stalled out. Now it's not the end of the world by any stretch, and they were fantastic today. Uh, 42 points, six scores, all touchdowns, three to George Kittle, one on the ground each for Jordan Mason and Christian McCaffrey, one for Kyle Juszczyk through the air as well. They were phenomenal uh, in, in this one in that regard. You also had an incredible statistic you were sharing with me during the commercial break. We, Niners, actually, we actually talk during breaks. Sometimes. Eh, I don't like You Mark. talk. I, I don't listen most of the times. Wow. But. <laughs> I'm so underappreciated here. You hear this? It's 
But what, this what a jerk. This was uh, via <laughs> one of our favorites, Kyle Madsen, talking about point differential. Right, the Niners obviously elite at that statistic, considering they have dominated really all five games they've played so far this year. But an interesting little tidbit about <laughs> point differential as well. The San Francisco 49ers as a whole rank number one in football with a plus 99 point differential. Not surprising. The Buffalo Bills rank number two at a plus 79. The Dallas Cowboys, who got boat raced tonight, have a plus 51 point differential. Despite losing by 32 <laughs> points tonight. Number four is also the San Francisco 49ers oh. just in the second half. Half oh. at a plus 50, one point behind the Dallas Cowboys, mind you. In just the second half. In just second half. And number five, oh wait, is the San Francisco 49ers just in the first half with a plus 49. Mark, book it! Vegas! Come on! So, <laughs> if you were to only count the 49ers' first half and then only count their second halves... They would both rank fifth. top five yes. in the NFL in terms both. of total point differential. And here's the thing. If you don't want to use, say you don't want to use second half points, they'd still rank number five. <laughs> like, the Niners in the first half and the second half separately have a one and two point better point differential than the Kansas City Chiefs led by Patrick Mahomes. And that is... Wow, so 50-point positive point differential in the second halves. Yes. And that's including a game like today where your starters basically did not play the entire fourth quarter. When Sam Darnold's taken meaningless reps. You score you score seconds into the fourth quarter, and then you don't score the rest of the game. Yep. And you still have... 50 <laughs> plus 50. Oh, man. That's this Niners wild. team is legendary through five games. It, it's weird saying that because it almost feels like you're disrespecting history and saying that, you know, you're getting caught up in the moment. No. If you look at DVOA, which is a very nerd statistic, I understand that, but many people who cover the NFL via The Athletic or other outlets will talk about DVOA. It's a very you know, hard, heavy-hitting you know, analysis of what it is. But DVOA, the San Francisco 49ers offense in this year, has the seventh-best DVOA through five games Ever, and that dates back to the 1980s Dynasty Niners and the 1994-95 Steve Young-led Champion Niners. This is the best offensive start ever for a San Francisco 49ers team through five games. That's important because it's not just like taking a, a DVOA or a statistic for a whole season yep. and like chopping it up. Like this is just talking about first five games. First five games. First five games. It is a historically Good start. Seventh best all time. That's wild. Pretty crazy. Think about, how, <laughs> think about how good some of those teams are in history. This, this is, is a top ten start. Like we're talking 2013 Broncos. We're talking 20 or 2007 Patriots who lost one game. Tom Brady had 50 touchdowns that year. We're talking about the greatest show on turf 1999 Rams. Some of the greatest offenses ever 
San Francisco ranks number seventh of all time. That's wild. And today was the best performance, both offensively and defensively, for the 49ers. They put it all together with what has been their biggest test so far of the year, and they passed with flying colors, 42-10. to 10. Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the Niners, was asked after the game if this was the most complete game they've played so far this year. I mean, I thought that was our best complete game um, with all three phases. I thought our defense was amazing today, going against some real good players and a good offense there, and I knew that was going to be a challenge, and those guys were unbelievable. I thought it was their best game yet. Yeah, I agree. I I don't know how anyone could disagree with that. 42 points, the most uh, they have scored so far this season. They hold Dallas, who's been averaging as a team about 30 points per game so far this season. They hold them just to 10 points. They force four turnovers, three interceptions of Dak. They also forced and recovered a fumble uh, that was put onto the turf by Tony Pollard. Uh, the Niners broke out some trickeration as well. George Kittle's second touchdown came on like a double reverse slash flea flicker, a handoff to McCaffrey, pitches it backwards on a reverse to Debo, who then pitches it backed on a flea flicker to Brock Purdy, who finds George Kittle for a touchdown. Here's Kyle Shanahan talking about that play call that led to Kittle's second touchdown. We just walked through it once. It's been, it's been in for a while. We ran in the NFC Championship last year. didn't look as good. That was, Christian was that quarterback. It, that was second half. Detroit ran it earlier in the day. They scored to Laporte on it, so it's something we've had in for a little bit. We just walk through it throughout the weeks. I mean, every week and keep it up for when we need to call it. Did you see the Detroit? Uh, yeah, I saw it before the game. Did that kind of encourage you to call it? Uh, it was based off what we were going against today. We planned on calling it, but it definitely, hmm. seeing it work for someone else gives you more confidence. Wow, interesting. That's Matt Barrosh there asking the follow-up to Kyle Shanahan. I guess when, when Shanahan has a Sunday night game, he gets to sit back and, and watch some of the other action from earlier in the day. Huh? He gets to pluck what he likes from other offenses. Yeah, in case you missed it, it was a little bit quiet there, but it was the Detroit Lions. They called that today, and their rookie tight end Sam Laporta scored on it. Jared Goff, uh, trickeration, gets it pitched back to him by a wide receiver, and uh, it goes for six, and so the Niners had already had it installed into their game plan and were planning on using it. Maybe the, the extra push that Shanahan needed to call it today. It just shows you that not only Shanahan, this mastermind, and a lot of the talk about him is he's cocky, he's arrogant, his, his ego, which does exist, but it also shows that he is a student of the game still and is trying to expand his offense and is taking things from last week it was Miami, this week it's Detroit. Well, yes, he already has those plays kind of game planned and schemed up, He's unafraid to take what other teams are doing that is successful and implement it into his offense. Like, Shanahan right now is cooking the best he ever has. And the text line asks us, 925, where does Miami rank on the DVOA list? They're going crazy this year. 70 points against the Broncos. Guess what? Don't even make the list. Hmm. A team that put up 70 points that has... Is the list what? How, how long is the list? 1981 to 2023. It's about, I don't know, 12 teams here. Number one, 1991 Washington. Number two, 07 Patriots. 1999 Rams. 06 Bears. 19 Patriots. 2013 Broncos. Then 2023 San Francisco. How long does the list go? Like how many, how many teams down is it? Uh, on Twitter currently via Aaron Schatz. Uh, it's about 12 teams. Okay. Not on there at all. So they're not top 12, but no. they, who knows where they are. I mean, they could be maybe top 15. Still a fantastic start. They're but, great, but they're not Niners 2023 great. Not quite on this crazy level. crazy to think yep. about.
Yeah, it's wild. Uh, Brock Purdy also talked after the game. He was phenomenal today. Four touchdown passes on the day, 17 for 24, 252 yards. Uh, he was asked about just how much he's clicking with this offense right now, if he's ever had that feeling in any level of football before. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever felt, you know, like feeling this good just with the offense and everything as a whole. I can't really think of a time. There's, there's some good games, you know, he played back-to-back-to-back games in college. But, you know, right now, yeah, it feels like everyone's just on a mission, man. Like the mindset is right where it needs to. Everyone's so detailed in what they do. Play calls are great. So it's like all I got to do is go out there, do my job, and, and that's it, and just play ball. So obviously we feel good where we're at, but there's still areas we can still get better at. So It does kind of feel like every game this year, Sterling, the 49ers have attacked it with just an incredible amount of intensity and focus and it it's been a little bit different I think than in years past I think part of it is just the emphasis on making sure that this team started strong because they hadn't the last two years despite the fact that they made the NFC championship game in both of those seasons it's been week in and week out you you know you strike early five games so far this year they've scored points on all five of those first drives. They scored touchdowns on four of those five. The one time they didn't get a touchdown was just a field goal. But on every single first drive they've had this year, they've scored points. Like They have come out and attacked early in games with an incredible focus, and I think it's maybe easy to take that for granted. But, I mean, you think about two years ago, you open up, or not two years ago, last year you open up on the road with a loss against the Chicago Bears. Week three, you had an absolute clunker on the road against the Denver Broncos. I mean, two years prior to that, it wasn't the the easiest start as well when Jimmy Garoppolo was your starting quarterback. Three and five. Three and five. This team has had an incredible amount of focus and we could talk about the, all the flashy plays and Purdy throwing for four touchdowns and Kittle finally getting into the action with three touchdowns. Last week it was McCaffrey with four touchdowns. All that stuff is fantastic, but I think Shanahan and the coaching staff and the players deserve credit, obviously for the performances and the wins and the points and the turnovers they're forcing and all of that, but that comes partly as a result of just what seems like an intense focus and I think that has lacked at times in years past. And maybe that's why there's some worry out there that this team is peaking a little bit too early because it seems like they have, I don't know if a postseason mentality is the right word, but it feels like they're attacking every single week with that kind of like do-or-die mentality. It, it feels that way. This team has one goal in mind, and it feels like every single week they view it as you're in our way to getting to that goal, even if it is week one or two or five. It feels like that every single game they view as an obstacle in their way to, if we can destroy this or get over it, we're one step closer to immortality, which this team feels like they were screwed out of a World, or World Series, geez, a Super Bowl opportunity <laughs> It is last October, year. <laughs> after all. It's Brocktober, actually. <laughs> um, this team feels like they were screwed out of actually having a chance to beat Philadelphia. They want to beat Philadelphia. They want to play them again in the playoffs. They want to show the world, prove to themselves, that they belong with their name etched on a Lombardi trophy. Every single week, they have a Lombardi trophy mentality of this next game is in our way to getting to immortality. Whether it's Dallas in Week 5 or the Cardinals in Week 4, this team knows they have one goal in mind, whether it's Steve Wilkes, who called an amazing game today for the defense, 
or Kyle Shanahan, who had an amazing game for the offense or the players themselves. They have a one-track mind, and that one track is winning their sixth Super Bowl. And a big part of that performance today was George Kittle. Three catches, all for touchdowns, 67 yards, and uh, he was asked after the game about his three-touchdown performance, his first of his NFL career. Here's what he had to say. Um, That was my first one. Yeah, I think so. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was a hell of a seventh-grade running back. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, running back and defensive end. I had a lot of sacks as well. But, uh, yeah, no, it's been a minute. But it's always fun. So George Kittle never had three touchdowns in his Iowa career, I guess. Wow. So first time collegiate or professional that he had three touchdowns in a game. Is that five touchdowns a day from Iowa tight ends? Laporta, Laporta had, two. had two. Kittle had three. Uh, did Hawkinson have? No, Hawkinson didn't have Don't any. Don't remind me, okay, Mark. Noah Fant didn't have. They didn't. They're off this week. Yeah. The Seahawks are off this week. There's a lot of Iowa tight ends in the league right now. Can I read tight end? You? I mean, it's how he introduced himself, right? On Sunday Night Football, George Kittle, tight end university. He, we almost underappreciate him because you know he's funny. He's kind of a quirky guy. You point to and say, oh, he's always joking. He's playing, you know, rock paper scissors with the camera. You're like, oh, George Kittle's so it's great. It's National Tight Ends Day, right? But like George Kittle is quietly not having. I don't want to say an amazing year, but he, he's quietly had I don't know four catches today or three catches today for three touchdowns. <laughs> like even against the Giants, seven for ninety, and you're like Chris McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. It's like oh, and George Kittle still has three touchdowns through five games this year. Granted, all of them are in one game, but it's crazy. Uh, one weird stat today again. It's, it's October. I already mentioned on accident the World Series. The Texas Rangers today scored more runs. Then the Cowboys scored points. The Rangers scored 11 <laughs> runs. The Dallas oh, Cowboys no. scored 10. Bruce Bochy's cooking more than Mike McCarthy is. Shout out, Boach. I mean, ha- having a great playoff so far. Haven't o- lost. October belongs to Brock Purdy and Bruce Bochy. There's they no Never doubt. lost. Literally never right? lost so far. Man. Yeah. What are they? 5 0 as a tandem, if you want to put them together? Uh, right, 5 0? Uh, Bochi and the Rangers four. are now 4-0. 4-0. Oh. Yeah, because they're up 2-0 on the Orioles now. 6-0 oh is a tantrum. Man. Don't mess with Brock and Bruce. That's why they're the GOATs! <laughs> <laughs> All right, a few minutes of overtime left here on 95-7 of the game. Let's hand out our game balls for today. The 49ers Ooh. win 42-10. to They're 5-0 now in 2023. The Cowboys fall to 3-2. and Niners extend their lead atop the NFC West. The Seahawks are on a bye this week. So the Niners extend that lead by half a game. Plenty of options to choose from, Sterling. I'll go first, and I think maybe pick who you were planning on picking. I'm going Fred Warner. Oh. Did I get it right? That's who you're That's going with? Yeah. <laughs> Fred Warner, he had eight tackles. He had what I'm deeming the, the defensive trifecta, a sack, an interception, and a forced fumble. He was incredible. He was everywhere. The duo of, he, of him and Greenlaw were phenomenal as well. Greenlaw also had a sack. Uh, he had a, a number of just really hard hits over the middle. Rico Daddle, the backup running back, and I'm talking about Greenlaw. My pick was, was Warner, but Greenlaw laid the lumber against Dowdle. That duo, really, but specifically Fred Warner was incredible. He gets my game ball. You know Fred Warner is the first Niner since 2013 to have a sack, forced fumble, and pick in a game? I did not know that. Who would that have been? 2013? 
not really that hard to pick of star linebackers in San Francisco and Patrick Willis. No, nah, Navarro Bowman. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I had a 50 50 chance. It's like Ahmed Brooks. I don't I have no idea. But, but yes, since Navarro Bowman, Fred Warner, like Greenlaw and Warren tonight looked like Willis and Bowman did in their prime. They were that good. And even the last two weeks, what is it? They had combined thir- uh, 13 tackles today. Over the past two weeks, I believe it's 33 tackles combined for that duo. Pretty good. Incredible what they've done so far this year. But I think if you're going to look at the offense, I think you want to pick Brock Purdy being 17 for 24, 252 yards. But But George Kittle scored three touchdowns today. He had three receptions, 67 yards, put this offense on his back along with Brock Purdy. But what George Kittle continues to prove is that he can go quiet for one, two games, but all of a sudden, boom, here's George Kittle. This offense, Ayuk, Debo, McCaffrey, and now Kittle getting in the fray with Purdy playing out of his mind, there is no weapon you can stop on this offense. And Kittle, again, proving that might miss a few games, might be quiet here or there, but once he gets going, he's unstoppable. Yep. I mean, the Cowboys did a great job limiting McCaffrey. I and mean, if you were to ask them, ask Dan Quinn, ask Mike McCarthy entering the game, Christian McCaffrey, you hold him to see if I, if I can do a quick math here. You hold him to 78 total yards and one touchdown. You're taking that. Yeah. You're taking that every single time. And then you look up and it's a 42-10 to 10 loss. That's the plethora of weapons that the 49ers have offensively. You might be able to limit. You might be able to slow down one or two. But then guess what? The other three are going to dominate. Mark? Yes, sir. Cheer with me. F-R-A-U-D-S. <laughs> I'm not frauds, de- frauds, frauds. You're devaluing the Niners' win no, by I'm doing not. that. I'm just saying we exposed the Dallas Cowboys going back to Jerry's world, crying in their Cowboys heads. It doesn't matter. Go home. Cry to your mama. Unites <laughs> over. 42 to 10. Niners get the win. 5 and 0, Mark. Well, 5 and 0. We'll see how Guru feels tomorrow oh. morning. Tune in, Steiny and Goo, of course. That's coming up from 10 to 2 in the morning. Of course, before that, you got Spadoni with the pregame show beginning at 5. Bonte and Shasky on the morning roast from 6 to 10. I mentioned Steiny and Goo, 10 to 2. And then Willard and Dibbs from 2 to 6. It'll be all football all day long on a monster Monday as the 49ers improve to 5 and 0 with a 42 to 10 win over the Dallas Cowboys. All right, that'll do it for overtime on this Sunday evening. Thanks so much for tuning in all night long for Craig behind the glass for John in the back as well shout out to both of those guys for helping make this broadcast possible for Sterling Bennett this is Mark Randy signing off thanks so much for tuning in the Niners are 5-0 and this has been overtime on 95.7 the game okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.